Lincoln City Church for the first time. I hope that this is not your last time. Uh, we do have church next week. Um, uh, same time, same place. We do have church next week. And, you know, in fact, we're going to be starting a new series. You know, before we go there, we're going to be starting a new series next week. It's called Next. Say that with me. Yeah. Next. Because after Jesus rose from the dead, what happened? There was something next that came. And it was the most beautiful thing the world has ever seen. And the, and the record of it is in the book of Acts. So a lot of you have been reading the book of Acts. We're going to start a new series. So be here as early. We might have cinnamon rolls again. Why not? But we're going to have church next week. Okay. There's my pitch right now. Uh, your Bibles, Mark chapter 15. I'm going to read a passage, actually a long passage. And, and, and I, I tell you the truth, I could actually narrate this story to you in just a couple of minutes. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to read a, a, a good passage. We can't read the whole story because we'll be here for too long. And some of us know that the NBA playoffs began. So thank God for Easter. Amen. No, you know you filled out that uh, March Madness bracket. And the first day, it cr- your dreams crashed and all that, you know. But uh, some of us like basketball, sorry. But we're going to read the passage. I truly believe that the word of the Lord should be open every time we meet. I don't think it's a, it's, I don't think it's a religious thing. I don't, I don't think we need to just narrate it. I think there is power when we open the scriptures. The Bible says that the, 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 the Lord sent his word and heal our disease. I'm believing as we open the word today in spirit in his presence... That as his word goes forth, that things are going to happen in the spiritual realm. So the other thing is this. I'm always impressed how many times Jesus went to the temple. And the Bible says he got to the temple, then he opened the book. They brought to him the book. And he opened the book and he read. He read Isaiah. He, in fact, his very first sermon that it recorded, he read the book. And then he, then he spoke. That's why we read the book and then we... We speak, amen? Mark chapter 15. Very early in the morning, the leading priests and the elders and the teachers of religious law, the entire high council met to discuss the next steps. The bound Jesus led him away and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you've said it. Then the leading priest kept accusing him of many crimes. And Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges that they're bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now it came, now it was, oh, it was the governor's customs each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at the time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. So, would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews, the Pilate asked. For he had realized by now that the leading priest had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should, we, should I do? 
with this man you call the king of the Jews. I think it's really, really, really interesting. And I'm kind of going on a rabbit trail just a little bit, but it's bare saying, isn't it interesting how politicians can flip? At this point, he says, hey, he already figured out what's going on here. These guys are envious of Jesus. And he knows he has, he has committed no crime at all, deserving of what they are asking. But then he kind of keeps the crowd there and asks them what to do. Then they shout about crucify him. Crucify him. Verse 14, he says, why? Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. The murderer, the rioter, released him. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Now, I think we could preach a whole sermon on that alone. Him knowing so clearly this was witch hand, they were jealous of him, he threatened their business. They were in the religious circles, they had all this respect and everything like that. But this kid, or young guy from Nazareth, if you would, he was 33 years old at this point. He's got influence, God's using him, mighty things are happening through his hand. You think they would be happy because they're religious people, that now they've got a prophet who's really anointed by God, who's going to help their case, that what they've been preaching to people is real, that God is really real. You think they'll be happy, right? How many times does it happen to us, though, too, where things are going well for you, <laughs> and you're like, hey, you want to share with all the people that uh, you think they'll be happy for you, you know? I got engaged. Oh, I thought you were my best friend. You think they'll be jumping around, and they get jealous of you. Now, I'm saying this just to connect. This is really what was going on. But the other thing I want to point out is this, which I think we make a big mistake, a fatal mistake as believers sometimes, as Christians, is how much um, weight and how much uh, trust we place on politicians. It didn't start with the Republicans or the Democrats, and I'm saying that on Insta. We see 2,000 years ago, they were still the same way. He felt the crowd. He goes, eh, I know this guy is not that bad, but I want to Retain my office here. Oh, yeah, you know I'm preaching good. You're all quiet. You know I'm preaching good. You see, no matter who is leading, our trust should always be in God. Our hope should always be in God. So if someone's there that you respect, what we do, we take the foot off the pedal and we quit praying for them. Because, hey, we got the good man or the... And then we pray when we think the monster is up there. Where the law says we should be praying all the time. Because when he says when we pray for all these people all the time, he says that we can live a good and a peaceable life. That's what the scripture says in Timothy. When we do it all the time. Anyway, if you've been have improper place trust, I'm just speaking to you the word of God. You need to change it, BC stuff. Stop praying for our leaders. Stop praying for the things you want to see happen. Oh, God, you could do a better amen than that. Amen. They did crucify him. Mark, John, uh, Luke, John, and even Matthew all wrote this whole story. 
After this, the soldiers will mock Jesus. They will call him names. They will spit on him. It would be horrible. And he will end up being crucified for nothing he did. And it wasn't one of those deals where he get a lethal injection there that puts him to sleep. In fact, what's, hey, what would you like to eat first? Like a steak dinner or something? You know, and have a good... He didn't even get that. He, it was a slow, painful process that led him eventually on the cross. In fact, he died before the other, guy, the other two guys died. But I'm so happy that there was Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary mother of, Jesus, of, of James, Salome went out and purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early, in the, uh, very early on Sunday morning, just as the sun, just as sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us for the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. Now you think, I know how this story ends. Come on, you're cheating. We live 2,000 years later, so we kind of say this story over and over again. But can you imagine what was going through their minds? And why did Jesus have to go through all that? Well, he went to do all that. There's so much that was accomplished at the cross that is so applicable to us today. You see, the Bible says that we are in a state of bankruptcy because of our sin. It is overwhelming. Sometimes we don't even think about how overwhelming. I think that's probably why I was overwhelmed when we were singing that song because it brings a reminder of how deeply deprived we are without the grace and the mercy of God. And only one person was actually qualified to set us free from our sin, and it was Jesus, the perfect Son of God. And he went through torture. He went through um, uh, aggression. In fact, the Bible says that he was, boot, he was beat up. In Isaiah, it says he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his beating that we are healed. And I want to tell you that those things do apply today. They are not just historical. He is our Redeemer. He went in and paid our debt. You know, our country is so full of debt. How many have debt? You're lying at church now. You're just added to your debt. <laughs> but they say nine, nine, nine out of ten people are in debt in America. So we can relate to this. So picture this. Picture this. You know, credit cards, debt is huge. One of the biggest debts is student loans. You go get the certificate, you get the diploma, you're excited with a little education. Some are going to graduate here in a little bit. I just oh, I don't want to... Yeah, you go on. There's a, there's a, don't take... But you go in and you get that job, but it takes you your life to pay down those debt. How many know what I'm talking about? And they say that's continuing to swell in historic levels. And sometimes people are getting in their 40s and 50s and they graduated a long time ago. They still have the debt. Then you have the house debt. Then you have the car debt. Then you have the debt, 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 you know? And the redemption in the word itself, it really comes about, um, it's about uh, paying the price for you. So picture this. After church today, you go in and log into your online banking, your little portfolio thing, and find out that every debt you have, someone's been paying it off. When you were sleeping on Friday night, Someone was checking with all your bank accounts, all your student loans, and SoFi, and Nelnet, and all those people. 
and just erasing all of it. Now, wouldn't that be a good day? <laughs> Your mortgage was fargos like you'll never see me again. Paid in full. It's actually fun. I don't know if you're like me. Whenever I pay something even small, it's a cast paid off. It feels good. That's paid in full. Jesus did exactly that for us. He said, no, we wrecked up. We charged the card. Yep. Was a target. Very late. The last one. Those are the store is about to close in about 15 minutes. So, yeah, rocked up the credit card. You, you did. You charged the card up. You went golfing. You went fishing. You were like, hey, the first time you've got a credit card for a student, a college student, you're like, oh, hey, hey, freedom month's not around. Oh, the problem is that you gotta pay it back. And you gotta pay it back with interest. And Jesus looked at that account and says, hey, I know they did it. But I'm going to write a check. Paid in full. Oh, they were stupid. Yeah, they were. Paid in full. They inherited all this debt from their grandparents and their parents. So they inherited a collapsing business and paid in full. That's redemption. It's not something... That necessarily we deserve. In fact, we don't deserve it. And Barabbas, who got released, actually tells our story. When you read the story, you think, how mean, how horrible were they? Get a murderer released of an innocent man. It's so clear this guy is innocent. But Jesus was on a mission on redemption. He was on a mission thinking about you and me. He knew unless he would go through that process then you and I would never have an opportunity to have eternity with God. You and I will never have an opportunity to have our sins forgiven. You and I would never have the opportunity to worship. He kept on. Barabbas did not deserve to be released. Neither do you. He says the wages of the sin, of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Back in the slavery days, there are a lot of slaves that purchased their freedom. And it was horrible sometimes because they would get free and try to run maybe to Canada or someplace. But the lives, most of the time, the lives, their lives would be Difficult, even after that. In fact, uh, many uh, contemporary historians don't cover so much about the stories that happened uh, when, uh, in 1865 after the emancipation of slavery in America. Four million slaves were set free. Okay? But the stories that don't get highlighted as much is that about a quarter of them died in a very short period of time from starvation, from trouble, sickness. It was just horrible. And, you know, and many times, the reason why many historians didn't highlight those things, there are authors that did cover some of those stories. They're not fun to read. They're painful. We don't want to go there. Because he kind of would put a, a, wet, a dark shadow over this beautiful thing that had happened. And people did pay the price and buy it. But unfortunately, 
Many did not realize those dreams of freedom and did not enjoy that freedom that they had. Isn't it sad to be free finally and only die of starvation? Dying of starvation, what a horrible, horrible way to die. Man, let, let the plane crash quickly and forget this. But that's like a long, elongated process like Jesus did, had an elongated process to, to death. But the work that Jesus came and he, he identifies with all, all of us. His story is your, is your story and my story. He identifies with all of us. Okay? The redemption that he brings, he wants to get us free completely. See, the enemy comes to steal, the Bible says, to kill and to destroy. He's on a mission. But Jesus, our Savior, he came and he conquered that. Here's what I see. There are many people that have received or even accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and received this gift of redemption in their lives. But yet they live their lives not enjoying the full benefits of what Jesus came to bring. It wasn't a one-time deal. Yeah, the credit cards might be masked maxed out. And that's kind of what it was. To me, the, the only analogy I can think of easily with those slaves that came out is like someone comes in and takes all your credit cards, takes your line of credit, and uh, wrecks it up with debt and says, hey, you're free. Good luck to you. Have a good life. That's what Satan does to us. Because all of us inherited things that we had nothing to do with. You find yourself struggling with certain things. You think, wow, why am I so different? Well, the Bible says a sin gets passed on generationally. Habit, we want to call it habit. You call it habit all you want. The power of sin can be passed on generationally, biblically. And sometimes you're thinking, what? what's wrong with me? All I wanted to do when I grow up was not to be like my mother. <laughs> and now I'm growing up, I'm exactly like my mother when I look at the picture. Oh yeah, you know I'm preaching good. That's called iniquity. It's called iniquity. You see in the Bible, it talks about how he was wounded for our transgressions. What's that? When we mess up. When we miss a step. I know it's bad, but it feels good right now. I kind of cheated a little bit. I didn't hit a straight line. That is called transgression. It's something we do. But it says that he was wounded for our transgression. In the same sentence... He says he was bruised for our iniquity. Both are sin. Why put them all in the same passage? Why in the same line? Because there is a distinction. Because transgression is when we do it. Sometimes we know. Sometimes we don't. I didn't see the speed limit. And I, oh, I willfully ignored what the speed limit was. It was 45. I didn't see it. I'm going 65. No, when that state trooper pulls in, it's like, hey, I didn't know what the speed limit is here. Then you shouldn't be driving. 
And there are some sins that we do, we don't even have no idea we've transgressed. We have no idea on Bermuda. But it still counts against us. But the iniquity is something that's inherited inside the bruise. The bruising, you don't always see it. I can tell you, I hit my toe yesterday. I thought I was going to die and rise again on Easter Day. <laughs> the pain's there, but I look perfect. Guess what? I'm really bruised inside. The power of the cross, what Jesus did for you and I on the cross, it's not like, God, I pray today you forgive me and make me feel good in my conscience about the bad I did yesterday and even this morning just trying to get to church. You might be yelling, oh, my Lord, every, every Sunday I wait for you. Oh, and you know some of you had those talks this morning. Okay? But the Lord is looking down the chain farther than you ever know. And when he did the work on the cross for us, he says, I was not only wounded for your transgression, I was bruised for your iniquity. And here's the story. I have paid that debt also in full. You are slaves, the Bible says, once in your sins and your transgression. And the victory, what he died on the cross to do, is to, to set us free from the bondage and the power of the past. Sin no longer has dominion over you. You are a product of your past, but you no longer have to be a slave of it. See, you realize that many slaves... Did not have a good life after that. But let me tell you the story. Many did. And did amazing things that people that never thought, they thought this little of them and surprised them even under such, such unfair situations still were able to prevail. Why? They had a freedom inside that no one could take away from them. Same with us believers. Jesus gave us the same price. He died on the cross once and for all. He says he made a payment for all of us. And some believers get to enjoy that and they live in that freedom and some continue to live in that slavery. He paid in full. Look at the person next to you. Paid in full. And you start living as such that you paid in full. Sometimes stuff that was done to you, sometimes stuff that you did yourself, he paid it in full. It says in Ephesians 1, 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. Titus 2, 14, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and, every, uh, and uh, purify for himself, his own special people, zealous for good works. He redeemed us. He paid the price for us. That story is our story. And he came in to set us free. Amen? I remember one of my growing up in Kenya. Um, um, 
It's kind of different. I have lived almost half my life. That tells you how young I am now. Some of you thought I was old. But it's nearly almost half my life in Kenya and half my life in the States. You know, in five years, it will be that, half and half. And so I get a different vantage point. But I remember in the 80s and in the 90s, uh, in Kenya, it was a horrible time. I don't, and I, um, uh, financially, you know, they had the economy collapse and what we would experience at the de- 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 uh, Great Depression back in the 20s, they were experiencing that in the early 90s where there was 100% inflation and unemployment just skyrocketed. And if you're a little kid, if you're a young person getting a job, good luck because nobody's retiring. And a lot of people lost their jobs. I remember even my own mom was asked to retire early because they just gave him some package uh, to say, hey, take this money, and, uh, you know, they call it a golden handshake, you know. And, 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 you know, that money just gets depleted really quick. But people are going through a lot of tough things. And I, I don't think it's, it's changed in some ways, but sometimes it's not, you know, one of those situations. But I remember on a Sunday morning going to church on Easter. Many times people, when they're living in that poverty, there were some really problems that they had, um, um, the problems with crime, petty crimes. I remember one time walking downtown Nairobi, and I had a little cash in my pocket because I like to use this pocket here. It's really easy. I had, that's why I had my tie check, but it's not written because I didn't have a pen. Okay. And I had my shot, and I don't know how this guy, I don't know, he, this guy knew that I had money there. He's like, he, it was a dark shadow or anything. I'm walking, just not the whole pocket, and ran. And so uh, some of those petty cr- criminals would be like, when they're caught in that run, there was this mob justice, especially in poor areas. If you're in poor, if the mob justice, they'll stone the guy. They'll kill the guy. And I started chasing the guy, and everybody noticed. And I realized, oh, man, I'm not going to. I knew what would happen, and I just walked away. So they left the guy alone. But I remember going to church on Easter morning. And I'm riding on these matatus, they call them. They are like little taxis, minivans, like a chair, chair a taxi. And you pay like two bucks to get from one place to another. I'm sitting on a big station here, and I see a scene playing out. And they had caught one of those guys that do those, they will call them pickpockets. That's what was the name for them. They, they, those petty crimes, they'll snatch your pass, they'll snatch something out of you, they'll snatch your watch. And they were so good, sometimes you would never know that what just happened to you. Wow, that Apple Watch came out so nicely. You had no idea it came off of you. They were just that good. I'm thinking, if they're that gifted, they could just put it in something constructive, you know? Catch me if you can, you know? So, and it was one of those situations. And there's this young man leading. He was so gruesome. You want to look away, and you can't stop it. You try to get in there, you will be a victim yourself. Because they might think you're an accomplice. Why are you trying to defend this criminal? People just are, because they have so little, you take away from them, they react so viciously. And I'm watching this young man crying for his life. And it was Easter morning, just on my way to church, bleeding. And I tell you, I felt so sad for him. I'm watching all this bleeding. and, and, And it just dawned on me how powerful it was for Christ, who had not done any crime. And he went through this, having the full power to turn it around. But he knew that because of the price that had to be paid to redeem us, he went through that brutality. And I saw it 
close and personal. Say, wow, you did it for me. There was tears down my cheek. That Easter was different because it just brought chills in my whole body just thinking about the sacrifice that Christ did for me who did not deserve it. And he did it for you and I. And he went on to take on our sin, our iniquity. Here's what the Bible says. He considered the joy that was set before him. Therefore, he endured the cross. He despised the shame around him. And that joy was you and I's redemption, you and I's salvation. If you haven't received him, if you haven't given his, your life to him, you're rejecting the most wonderful gift that you could ever have. All he says to you and I is that you need to believe and receive him in your life. Get your sins forgiven, not just for now, so that you can live in freedom from eternity to eternity. Can I get an amen here? I want to pray today. Oh, come on, let's celebrate him for that wonderful work he did at the cross. Honestly, Sarai's son, thank you, Jesus. I want you to get everything off of your hands. And before I pray for us together, I want us to all pray. All pray. Just bow your heads. Begin to pray. Begin to thank God for yourself, for what he's already done for you. Come on. Oh, this is so quiet in this place. Kind of open your mouths and begin to thank God for what he did. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you for your sacrifice. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you took upon yourself the iniquity of us all. In Romans, you said in your word, God, that you demonstrated your own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God, these things, these stories have been told to us, most of us living in a country like this, all of our lives. We can recite them, we can narrate them, we can tell them in our sleep. But God, today we ask that you forgive us where we've taken it lightly, where we've taken for granted the gifts that you've given to us. Today, Lord, we repent. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would come and minister to us in the very core of our being. Fill us with that enlightenment and that deep spiritual realization of the depth of your work at the cross on behalf of every one of us. We love you. We honor you. We give you our praise. We give you our honor. We give you our worship. All adoration, all honor belongs to you, God. We thank you for this time that we are living in. It is not an accident that we live in this generation at this time in history. Many around the world are going through difficult things. Many countries, there's wars and rumors of wars. All sorts of things, even a great division, even in this country, ideologically. But God, we thank you that you provided the blood of Jesus. That unite us all, O oh God. Men of every nation, 
men and every tribe, people of all nationalities, people of all races, people of all social status. The blood of Jesus, the blood of your sacrifice that makes us whole. Today we ask, Lord, let the blood cleanse us. Let the blood purify us. Let this blood make the body of Christ. Christians in this house, in this city, in these nations, around the world. Be a light and a demonstration of what it is for people to be one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your redeeming grace in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him a clap.